I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hi there, and welcome to the show. Once a month, I release this extra special episode in a series I call A Rare Collection. It features a few people from the rare disease community, each telling a true story with the same theme. I'm super excited to present the 18th episode in the storytelling series. I've always been moved by storytelling, and I believe there is so much power in them for both the listener and the storyteller. I'm the luckiest podcaster ever in that this is what I get to do for fun, passion, and purpose. The theme for today's episode is beep, beep, beep. The storytellers have the utmost freedom to be creative and take the theme wherever their heart desires. Here's a story from the one and only Brittany Steinman, whose son Nash lives with Smart One. Inspiring. Imagine three years old dealing with all of this and with a smile. It's incredible. For more information about how to help families battling this rare disease, go to Smash Smart. That's Smash smart.org beep 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 there it was the intense fear coexisting with immense gratitude that resurfaced while waiting and watching the surplus of emergency vehicles headed in my direction the lump in my throat and heart palpitations were all too familiar and at this very moment i was experiencing deja vu the familiarity of the same sound, the beep, beep, beep sound of the emergency vehicles recently coming to save my child's life played on repeat in my head. The tears began streaming down my face, but this time was different. With these tears came joy, gratitude, and hope. You see, in 2016, our son Nash was born with an ultra rare genetic condition called SMARD1. At the time of his diagnosis, we were told to go home and love him because our time with him was short and the few pieces of literature that existed stated that the life expectancy was only 13 months. If he made it to two, we would be lucky. He was 11 months old when he got that diagnosis, so this meant that he had two months to live. We were informed that this was not the more commonly known SMA that had treatments available and that there are only 100 kids in the world ever diagnosed. Nobody was researching this, and there most certainly would not be a treatment in Nash's lifetime shot in the heart by words I could not handle. We knew we had to do something. We just didn't know exactly what that meant. We didn't have money growing on trees in our backyard, nor did we have infinite amounts of time. We were terrified. At this point, we were in the hospital for five months with no answers, and now we had them, and they were not what we wanted to hear. We left that meeting knowing that we couldn't let someone else determine what would happen and decided that no option was not an option. In that very instant, we gave the words beep, beep, beep a whole new meaning. 
my new motto became beep, beep, beep. You're either in my way or on my side. So you better move or hop in. The intensity of the next year of our lives were entirely focused on starting our nonprofit called Smash Smart and developing a treatment for Smart One. While we were beyond hopeful that it would benefit Nash, we were not optimistic given the timeline of this monster of a disease. Scouring the universe to try and find the people who wanted to hop on this bandwagon took an immense amount of work, but actually happened more quickly than we ever imagined. We had a lot of work to do because our goal in all of this was to get Nash a gene therapy into his body before it was too late. For those that don't know, gene therapy is a one-time treatment that uses a virus to deliver a new copy and a healthy copy of a faulty gene to every cell of the body. By responding to treatment, your body should learn to live utilizing this gene that has been missing. We knew that the monumental task of raising millions of dollars would be challenging, but we had to do it. In honor of Nash, there wasn't a choice. As you heard before, we celebrated Nash's third birthday in November of 2019. In that moment, we took back the meaning of what those beeps meant to us. We celebrated our little superhero in a major way. These same emergency responders driving in his parade towards us, who have saved Nash's life on multiple occasions, were now a part of the history that this little three-year-old was making in a fight for his life. Our entire community came together to create the most magical and memorable day for our family by throwing this parade with every emergency vehicle, school bus, and community member in line for a celebration of a milestone that we never thought we would reach, the beeps. We changed the meaning of those damn beeps and took back their power. Once terrifying, life-or-death memories that provoked tremendous PTSD was now a pleasant tone that replaced happy memories of Nash's third birthday parade. It was such a powerful day that my husband and I have said it was even more memorable and bone-chilling than our wedding day. This day was broadcasted on Anderson Cooper, CNN, Good Morning America, ABC World News Tonight, and so many other channels, which quickly reached, helped us reach fundraising goals and, more importantly, create awareness for a disease that was not even on the map, so to speak. Those beeps. Once dreaded are now celebrated. Those beeps sparked a movement for others to hop on board and move that mountain that was in front of us. Because of all of the amazing of people who hopped in, Smash Smart was able to fund a gene replacement therapy that is now in a clinical trial that started 11 months ago and continues to treat more patients. Three years later, we are happy to say we are on the other side of that mountain that was moved because of the bravery that our little boy shows daily. We are about to celebrate his sixth birthday in five days on November 18th. I never knew how much beeping plays a role in our world, and again, we have taken away the power of their meaning. I now recognize that the one-strided sound of his beeping pulse oximeter is actually his lifeline to inform us that something is not right. The sounds of his ventilator beeping lets us know that there may be a circuit disconnected. Ultimately, we refuse to allow Nash to be defined by what others think his life should look like, and we have given him the power to live the life the way it works for him. He has shown us what's important and the power of love, community, and to never take one single second of our health for granted. He has taught us that life is short and to make it the most of each and every second because not one of us is guaranteed tomorrow, let alone the next five minutes. So I hope the next time you hear those ambulances and fire trucks driving by that you think of Nash, that you think of this little boy who has overcome insurmountable odds because of the community, family, and love that continues to surround him. Here's a story from Matt Hay, who lives with neurofibromatosis, or NF2. Beep, beep, beep. 
These are three totally common sounds, but they have an uncommon meaning to me in my rare disease journey. And not just because I heard them, it's actually because I did not hear them. You see, a few years into elementary school, the nurse showed up with a cart to do a hearing test. Everyone in class took turns wearing those really awkward fitting headphones that squeeze a little bit too tight while she twisted a bunch of knobs. Each kid would raise a hand a dozen times or so, acknowledging that they heard the beeps. But when it was my turn, she only played a few beeps, or so I thought. After a long silence, she asked in a confused tone, Matt, are you feeling okay? I felt totally fine. I just wanted to get out of that chair and not draw any attention to myself. The lack of beeps was never addressed again. A few years in high school, I started the college application process, and one of those was to West Point, the U.S. Military Academy. When it came time to take the required physical, my dad and I drove an hour to Fort Knox using essentially the exact same equipment as that nurse a decade earlier. The doctor there played a series of tones, but this time only a couple of very low ones. I assumed I heard them all, and the test was just very short because I had undergone a bunch of tests that day and that everything was complete. Matt, are you feeling okay? He asked. I felt great, but sensing a more clinical tone of the question, this time I had more courage than I did in the second grade and asked, why? Why are you asking that? He scribbled some notes and took a piece of paper and put it in my file and said, the Army will be sending you a letter in a few weeks to explain what you need to know. Two weeks later, the letter arrived. I don't remember all it said but I do remember the first line in all capital letters said failed. And below that, the stated reason was substandard auditory acuity. My hearing was bad enough. I had missed enough beeps that I wasn't qualified to serve in the U.S. Army. But again, no additional explanation was offered. Then a few years into college, I could no longer hear well enough to use the phone. I finally went to see an audiologist who did a more advanced version of the same beat test. This time, instead of hearing a few low tones, I didn't hear anything. I just felt vibrations when the audiologist would turn the volume up so loud that I would feel it instead of hearing it. Again, I was asked, Matt, are you feeling okay? But now, a little bit older, I had the self-confidence to say, yes, I feel fine, but I know something's wrong with me. I know I should be hearing more beeps. Is there more you can do? Are there more tests I can take? She said yes, and after some additional analysis and even more confusing results, she referred to me to a neurologist. The neurologist ordered an MRI, and a few weeks later, an MRI results came to show that I had bilateral acoustic neuromas on my hearing nerves. These were benign tumors that were causing my hearing loss and I was immediately diagnosed with neurofibromatosis type 2, or NF2, a rare neurological disorder affecting fewer than 1 in 40,000 people in the world. To other people, beep, beep, beep of an audiogram shows stages of my hearing loss. But to me, it also shows stages of ownership of my own health and my own path to a rare disease diagnosis. It was because of those tests I learned not to just slink away in a chair. I learned not to just wait for a letter. I learned instead to ask for more questions and be willing to push for more. Recently, one of the most unexpected things I've learned 
in a new career move into rare disease advocacy is that everyone wins when you ask questions. And by that, I mean, you should go into appointments with the confidence of asking what you don't know and pushing for more information because your medical team has as much to learn from you as you have to learn from them. Here's a story from Aaron Rioyo, whose son Leo has Dravet syndrome. Beep, beep, beep. It's 6.30 a.m. Leonel, you've had five seizures this morning. I snuggle up to your postdictal body, silently begging you to keep sleeping, keep resting. Beep, beep, beep. It's Thursday. It's garbage day. The truck backs down the street right outside your room. Normally, that beeping is like an alarm clock to you, but not today. Beep, beep, beep. It's not just garbage day. It's recycling day. Your absolute favorite day with your absolute favorite driver. I know she'll be looking for you in the window, but you won't be there. Not today. Today, she won't blast. Beep, 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 honk, honk. And enthusiastically wave when she sees you in the window. She won't see your cheering and fist pumping while you scream. Blue bin, blue bin, get the blue bin. Yeah, that's my girl. I'm sure she thinks you've overslept. Why wouldn't she at this early hour? There's no way she could know you live with a rare and catastrophic epilepsy called Dravet syndrome. There's no way she could know that despite taking three anti-epileptic drugs and having had a specialized surgery to implant a vagus nerve stimulator, you still have frequent nocturnal seizures due to a mutation on your SCN1A gene. There's no way she could know that even though this morning I'm begging you to keep sleeping, that every night I make you promise me that you'll wake up each morning. There's no way she could know that she crosses my mind as someone I would want to tell in case you die of SUDEP. Sudden unexpected death and epilepsy. How do you even begin to tell someone such personal details when you don't even know them? Ever since your Dravet syndrome diagnosis, I've been pretty vocal about your story and our journey. I spread awareness. I educate others. I advocate for you. I openly talk to your doctors, nurses, teachers, and therapists. I talk with other families, neighbors, and sometimes even strangers. So why does this seem so hard? I know how much you adore her. From across our driveway, it's clear that she adores you too. Shouldn't she know your story? Shouldn't she know on days she doesn't see you that you haven't just overslept? Perhaps I want to protect you. Perhaps I just want her to see your excitement and see you as a little boy who loves trucks. You're eight years old now and not so little anymore. I know you'll forever love trucks, but will she return your excitement as you grow older? Will she still blast that beep, 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 honk, honk for you when you're a teenager or a young adult? Perhaps I want to protect her. Perhaps I want to spare her from the worry and grief that comes with caring about someone with Dravet syndrome. 
Seizures are terrifying. And while it's unlikely she'll ever see you have one, is there a need to plant that image in her mind when she looks for you in the window, ready to blast that horn? Perhaps I want to protect myself. Perhaps I want to be seen as just the mom who waves alongside you and not the mom of a child with a disability. It's quite tiring to hear, I don't know how you do it, or you're so strong. It's exhausting wondering what others are thinking about you, about us. But perhaps today I stop worrying about what's not mine to control. What I truly want is to protect you from seizures, protect you from Gervais syndrome, protect you from dying too soon. What I want is for others to see you, to see all of you, to see you before it's too late. Our driver, Dondi, she not only sees you, but she seeks you out. With that beep, 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 honk, honk, she wants you to know that she sees you. We should give her the opportunity and the honor to see all of you. Here's a story from Amanda Griffith Atkins, whose son Asher lives with prader willi syndrome. Dear Asher, I remember when you were three years old. That big yellow bus pulled in front of the house. Your backpack was bigger than you, but up you went on those steep stairs, way more confidently than me, off to your first day of preschool. I never imagined busing my three-year-old to the other side of Chicago, but you couldn't go to just any preschool. You had to go to one that was equipped to care for kids with disabilities. The school had all the therapists, speech, physical, and occupational. You got accepted into this amazing school that was a 40-minute drive, but you would be safe and with teachers who understood your disability. There was a lot to celebrate, but I felt like I had lost a part of me that day. Our safe and quiet days at home were over, and I now had to entrust others to care for you. What if you got sick? Or what if you tried to communicate and they couldn't understand? I was worried about you, but I had to believe you were safe and okay. At the end of the school day, I waited eagerly until I heard that glorious beep, beep, you were home. I ran out and took you in my arms. You survived. I survived. As the school year went on, that bus began to represent trust and letting go. I trusted the driver and aide to care for you, to transport you to school. It was a new experience for me, allowing someone else to be in charge of your safety. But the truth is, you thrived on the bus. You loved looking out the window and going on your way. It gave me a chance to find myself too. Eventually, I was able to go back to work and use the time you were at school to do what I loved as well. Can you believe it was 10 years ago when you first stepped foot on the bus as a three-year-old? A lot has changed since then. You aren't so small anymore, nearly as tall as me. In fact, just last week, I wore your Air Force Ones because they fit and because they're cool. You no longer need me to hold your hand as you get on the bus. You run outside and I wave as we hear that familiar beep beep that announces the bus's arrival. Now the bus represents freedom and independence, which honestly, you don't have much of either of those things. Most 13-year-olds are into hanging out with friends and want to avoid their parents at all costs. They're moving more and more towards independence, but you need me. The truth is, you'll always need me. 
Your disability will never allow you to live on your own. And while I think you're okay with that, it's taken some time for me to get used to. So for those minutes that you're on the bus, when you're away from me, I'm going to celebrate your independence. That bus takes you to school where you have your own world of friends, teachers, and support staff who love and celebrate you. That beep beep of the bus now means freedom for you. And for that, I'm grateful. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha 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 